Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Good morning, everybody. Um, Good morning to you in our locations. If you're watching online, a very good morning to you. And as Andy said, this is the first in our new series of Unlocking Genius, which follows on from our Genius series, which ran all over the Easter period. And if you missed any of them, they're online. You can download them and listen to them. Please, honestly, there was some really, really good stuff in there, and I'd really recommend you to do that. And if you've listened to it once, hey, listen to it again. Sometimes we need to rehear some stuff, don't we, for it to really land in our hearts. And we're basing um, some of the stuff I'm going to talk around today, again, around this awesome book. Um, we need to get some kind of commission off recommending this guy for this, I think. But this book has literally blown my brain away. Erwin um, McManus, The Genius of Jesus. And some of the stuff I'm going to say today is um, are his thoughts, and I've added some of my stuff to it as well. So in between me and Erwin, I think we'll have it covered. We'll have it covered today. <laughs> It's more Irwin than me, let me say that, up front. And, um, and today we're going to be um, opening up the topic of unlocking the truth. And to do that, we're going to need to talk about, you know, what truth actually is, about the word. And to set the scene, I want you to look at the screen, and I want you to shout out to me, I knew in the locations and in your homes this morning, if you recognise what this film is, what is it? A few good men, absolutely a few good men. And who knows what the really famous line is from that film if I said to you did you order the code red did you order the code red I want the truth and the answer would be you can't handle the truth brilliant I was so worried that that was gonna bomb (laughs) what a film if you've not seen it and not seen it's a really famous scene isn't it you can't handle the truth and you've got Tom Cruise here confronting Jack Nicholson with the truth of his actions and the truth of his behaviors but have you ever had one of those moments? You want to know one of those moments where someone came and told you the truth and instead of embracing the truth, instead of welcoming it, instead of working with it, what we do is we often become like Jack Nicholson in that film, don't we? And we attack the truth teller. Why is that? Because you see, I like living out my truth. I like living out my truth. I just want to live out my truth. What truth works for me? And the truth is this morning, so do you. So do you. And I think this is exactly where we are at this point in our history. You know, um, what is truth? What is truth? We're asking that same question all of the time. And we have claims and counterclaims from different marketing companies, don't we? You know, do we do Deliveroo? Do we do Just Eat? They both say that they're the best at what they do. What's true? We've got politicians accusing each other. We have the fake news thing that did the rounds um, all the time. But so what is truth? Well, the dictionary says it's this. An accurate and adequate description of reality an adequate and accurate description of reality. I'm not quite sure about the word adequate. That makes it sound to me like it's just okay. It's just enough to be the truth. But whose reality and what kind of truth framework are we talking about? Because there are so many that we've created. We've created loads. And if you don't believe me, here's a list of the ones that we've created. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about axiomatic truth? Now, that's a really, really big, posh word just for describing things that um, they are accepted by everybody. We accept them as everybody. Things like human beings only have one brain. 
Now, you may look at the person next to you and think, really? No, honestly, human beings only have one brain. That's an axiomatic truth. That's universally accepted by everybody. But are we talking about chronological truth? So like 1066, that was the Battle of Hastings. That's a chronological truth. Or Jane, are we talking about this morning causal truth? You know, and causal truth is like if A happens, then B will happen, then C will happen and D will happen. But it all depends on A happening in the first place. So is it causal truth? Or are we talking about this thing called agreement truth? Things are true if we agree they are. Things are true if we agree they are. So things like, I'm going to show my age now, one foot is 12 inches. One foot is 12 inches. How many pence have we got in a pound? That's agreement truth. And then if we throw things like science and mathematical truth into the mix as well, where there's only one right answer, like two plus two equals four. And there's so many other frameworks. These are just some of them. Some of them, you know, I, I couldn't get them on, a, on a, a slide. There were too many to put on there. And then we had in things like statistics and figures and facts. And actually, can't we make it say kind of what we want them to say? Do you know, I believe today that we live in a world where we seem to never let the truth get in the way of the facts. So how do we discover what's true? When I can have a higher value on living out my truth than I do of living out the truth. The danger with living out my truth is that then I become the source of whatever is true. I become the source of what is true. But I found that when I start to search and when I start to struggle for the truth, I then start to acknowledge that there is truth outside of me. A source of truth that is more credible than me. And that's what I really want to talk about today. So I'm going to assume that all of us in the room, online, in our locations can handle the truth today. And what I'm going to do is try my best to tell the truth about the truth. And the line from that film is probably one of the most famous lines in our culture, in our cinematic history, but it's not the most famous in history. The most infamous conversation around truth happened over 2,000 years ago between Jesus and Pontius Pilate. And we're going to read that together now from John 18, verses 33 to 38. And it's going to come up on the screen here. And it says this, Pilate then went back inside the palace. He summoned Jesus and he asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you've done? And Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. What is truth, retorted Pilate. And with this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. You see, Pilate's question is a universal one. It's an honest one. 
And it goes unanswered, doesn't it? Or it appears to. See, Pilate had the greatest rabbi, the greatest teacher ever to live, standing right in front of him in that moment. And he can ask him anything. And this is what he says to him. This is what he asks him. And the question's just left hanging there. Why? I think because you and I are supposed to internalise that question ourselves. We're supposed to take it and make it our question. What is truth? What is truth? Jesus said, didn't he? Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Are we the ones today that Jesus is speaking about? You see, if we're friends of the truth, then we should never stop, never stop seeking an answer to that question, what is truth? The more we find ourselves engaged in faith, the more we should find ourselves um, filled with curiosity, and filled with questions and filled with wonderment at the beauty of the world and the creation that we're living in. And a lot of the rabbi's culture and ethos is around this quote here. You're much closer to God when you're asking questions than when you have the answers. You see, the best answer is often the right question. And when people ask Jesus questions, they often came loaded, didn't they, with their own personal agendas and intentions. But Jesus always seemed to know the question behind the question. Have you recognised that? He always seemed to know the question behind the question. How Jesus dealt with questions, I believe, is one of the most powerful examples of his genius. So we need to never have to worry about the questions we ask or the questions you may have in your heads today. And so whether we would call ourselves a Jesus follower today or not, I think the first thing we have to do to unlock the truth in ourselves is this. We have to be a pilot. We have to be a pilot. We all have to take on that role and be brave enough, be brave enough to ask that same deep, authentic and searching question, what is truth? The irony is, isn't it, that Pilate had the answer to that very question standing right in front of him and he completely misses it. Why does he miss it? Because Pilate's container for truth must have been too rigid. There's not enough space for him to actually discover the answer to his question. In fact, did he really want an answer to the question he asked? Did he really want to know that Jesus was innocent? It seemed like he just sort of, what is truth, Jesus? Dropped the mic and walked away and did his thing. Did he really want to know? Or did he not just want the responsibility of condemning him? You see, Pilate had come to believe what many in his day believed, that there was no absolute truth. And many people today would say that they believe that as well. You may be one of those people today. You may believe that truth is relative. And what do I mean by relative truth? Well, um, I was in London this week and I had um, the real privilege of been invited to, to contribute and to speak at uh, a conference, an educational conference in London this week. And, um, and I had to get there and 
I had to get a badge and all that kind of stuff that you do. So I went to get my badge printed and the lady said to me, oh, you don't get your badge printed here. You have to go inside to the speakers there and they'll print your badge there. You need to go through door number five. And I was like, okay, that sounds pretty okay. So then I went to door number five and there was somebody on door number five and they said to me, oh no, you can't come through here. I was like, you haven't got a badge on. I'm like, but she's told me that, that I need to get my badge printed in, in that room in there. Um, and, and he said to me, no, you can't come in. He said, anyway, you can't come in till nine o'clock. I was like, but, so I, I can't get my badge from her. I can't come in through you because I've not got a badge on and I can't come in till nine. And there's a guy happened. I was getting quite frustrated and, and I was, because I was quite nervous. It was quite a big thing for me and I was getting quite nervous about it. And, and, a, and a guy with another lanyard on came out to me and said, well, who are you? And I said, well, you know, I said, I'm one of the speakers today. So I'm trying to get in there to get my badge. And I went through the whole thing with him. And he grabbed me by the arm and he took me through all these people into where I needed to go, got my badge printed, job was a good one. It was fine. Now, who was true? See, the lady was true who told me I couldn't get my badge there because my badge was inside and she was right. The guy on the door said I couldn't go in without a badge because he'd been told that was his truth and that was right. And yet the guy came out and got me and said, oh no, you can come straight in and get your stuff sorted out. So he was right. So which one is true? The answer is it, all of them were. But it was relative to the situation and relative to the information that they had. So for Pilate, you see, it was truth that Jesus was innocent. But for the mob outside that was crying for him to die, it was their truth that Jesus was guilty. So Pilate, to be fair, washed his hands and let the Jews have their way. So the second thing that we need to have is a taste for the truth. We need to get a taste for the truth. Pilate needed a taste for the truth. And so do we, whatever we believe or don't believe today. And if we want to know what having a taste for the truth is, we have to be willing to taste a food that we may not think we will necessarily like. Ever remember when you were kids? And your mum was trying to get you to eat something that you didn't want. And you said you didn't like it. I don't like it. But you'd never tasted it. And you'd be the same if you're a parent. Now you'll be trying to get your children to try stuff. Go on. They go, no, oh, I don't want to taste that, mommy. I don't like it. You've not tasted it. But do you know what? We as adults can be just as stubborn. When I was... Um, my, when when my, I was at home before I was married, my mum loved cooking with garlic and my dad always used to turn his... Now that Peter Kay sketch. Ooh, garlic. Gar I'm not going to do the accent because I'm going to offend somebody. But do you know that thing? Oh, and he'd never, ever had it. He'd never had it. And so one day, um, these were, when I was at home, you could tell what day of the week it was by what food we were eating. Okay, so Thursday night was stew night. Summer or winter, it was stew night. Um, and so what my mum did was she literally wiped a bulb of garlic around the top of the casserole dish. That's all she did. But for the first time, she added peas into the casserole. And my dad loved it. He absolutely loved it. He ate the whole thing and he went, oh, that was beautiful. Um, absolutely loved that. was really nice tonight. And when my mum should have gone, that was the garlic, she whimped out and she went, oh, the peas were great, weren't they, love? So... She wimped it. She wimped it. And we could never get him to admit that he'd ever eaten garlic, even though we had. 
And if he told him again, he would never have it because he doesn't like it. But you see, if we grow up into adults and we still refuse to try new foods, we can never develop any new tastes, we can't refine old ones, and even experience something completely new. You know, I'd go one step further, we could very well be missing out on what could turn out to be your new favourite food. Absolutely. And this can be what happens when it comes to truth. How do we know if something is true if we're not willing to taste it? And Anthony DeMello said this, so when we say something isn't true, what we all too frequently mean is, I don't like it. Ouch. Because that's me. I'm really saying I don't like it. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying I don't like it. And if you don't know Jesus today, if you would say that you don't know him as your Lord and Saviour today, I want to stir up a bit of hunger in you to maybe try a new food. Expand your palate for truth. If this is your first time today, really welcome you. If your first time in our locations, welcome. But come again next week. If you've only been watching us online, take a step. Maybe come in person next week. And if you want to find out more about Jesus and what it means to be a Christian, I want to invite you. We're running an Alpha course. Starts on the 9th and the 12th of May. It's still not too late to join up for that. Take a step, expand your palate, try new food. You see, searching for truth means you'll have an open heart and an open mind. You will and I will be open to change. Have you ever met anybody, or you may have heard of someone, who only seems to believe something is true if it lines up with what they already believe? Have you met somebody like that? That could be me. And I think the mess in our world today is the result of man's attempts to reshape truth to fit our desires rather than us shaping our desires around the truth. So back to Pilate's question, what is truth? What is truth? Is it based on our desire or something beyond us? Are we the measure of all things? Are we the masters of truth? Is truth nothing more than our feelings, our opinions, our desires? The answer has to be from me to you today, a resounding no. It can't be that. It can't be that. You see, the answer to Pilate's question had already been given. If we take a step back, we will see that Jesus has already answered the question before Pilate even asked it. The whole Gospel of John, um, where, where this conversation is recorded, is all about Jesus walking around, embodying and teaching about truth. And if we go back a few chapters to John 14, verse 6, this famous verse will come up. Jesus answered, I am the way. Not just the person who shows the way, he is the way. I am the truth. He's not saying that he tells the truth, although he does. He's saying he is the truth. And I am the life. He's not saying he's alive. He's the source. He's the origin of life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You see, we've been asking the wrong question. We have been asking the wrong question. It's not what is truth. It's who is truth. Who is truth? 
So the third thing that we need to do this morning to unlock the genius of truth is this. We need to let Jesus take us on a journey from what is true to who is true. A journey to the true rather than to the truth. And Pilate asks this question in front of Jesus, who's the absolute personification of truth. And the unspoken response from Jesus, I think, would be this. Would you recognise truth if it was standing right in front of you? Let's move God to the side for a minute and look at what our life experiences would be like around truth. You see, the people that I've, that I've really trusted and the people that I do trust in my life are really those people who've told me the truth. Who've told me the truth. Because when people lie to us, it starts to break down relationship, doesn't it? Nothing breaks down relationship more than lies. Our connection to them becomes broken. Because authentic, healthy relationships can't exist without truth. Because without truth, there is no trust. Have you ever heard the phrase, you can have too much of a good thing? You can have too much of a good thing. Is that actually true? Is that actually true? You see, I don't think I can be too compassionate. I don't think I can have too much integrity. Normally, too much of a good thing is really when it turns into a bad thing, isn't it? Remember that chocolate cake Andy had up here weeks ago? I'm going to use that illustration for years, mate. One slice of chocolate cake, okay. A whole chocolate cake? That too much of a good thing? No, that's become a bad thing. That's become a bad thing. There are some things that consume too much of us and it's not good for us. But there's something about truth that's unique and it's our relationship to our souls, I've realised. And our world, which we are very much a part of, leads us to think, you know, that the only way we can sometimes thrive in this world is to use truth as a tool rather than as a compass. And we have to manage that tension all of the time. And I've found that the only way I can do that is to understand the difference between the truth and the true. And when I start to use truth to manipulate for my own personal benefit, then I've totally misunderstood the foundation behind the truth. For truth to exist, there has to be a source that is trustworthy. Doesn't there? Remember when we were told or encouraged to trust the science during the pandemic? Do you remember all those times? You need to trust the science. You need to trust the science. And that's, you know, actually, we were trusting the scientists speaking on behalf of the science. And that means, you know, there's always room for small errors. But here's the genius of Jesus. With him, there is no gap between the source and the voice. Jesus is the science and the scientist. Truth exists because God can be trusted. Truth exists because God can be trusted. And the power of truth is that there's a source that is always, always true. And that source is always true in his intention. So the fourth thing that we need to do today to unlock truth is to go direct to the source. Go direct to the source. You see, God always, is always intends the good. 
So that means that God will always, always speak the truth. And the battles throughout history, if you noticed, have always been a battle about truth. Always been a battle about truth. And every time Pilate asks a question in that passage, in that conversation, Jesus pushes back with a, is this what, is this what you're saying statement? He never actually answers anything that Pilate actually asks him. Because Pilate acts as if truth isn't accessible to him, or that truth isn't knowable, or that truth is always elusive, when the reality was what Pilate needed in that moment was standing right in front of him. So Pilate, what is truth? You're looking at him. You're looking at him. Jesus made truth personal. He changed the question from am I right to am I true? Can I be trusted? You see, I can pursue truths and you can pursue truths that have nothing to do with me because I know they'll have no effect on me. But I can ignore the truths that are at the crossroads for decisions in my life. I'm open to the truth that agrees with me. I'm more than open to the truth that agrees with me. But here's the real challenge for us today. When it's truth that makes me mad, when it's truth that confronts me, when it's truth that upsets me, then what am I going to do? I've got a decision to make. Am I going to align myself with that truth? Remember Jesus? Those who know the truth listen to my voice. There's something familiar with truth. It's in a language that I can understand. And truth needs no translation, no matter what language you speak today. Why? Because when truth speaks to me, it speaks to my condition. What do I mean by that? I mean I know what it's saying, even if I don't like what's being said. You know when something's true, don't you? You feel it. I know it's truth when I'm doing something that stretches me beyond who I am. You see, truth invites us to grow. Jesus invites me and you to grow. But what are we building with? You see, I can be building my internal life today with concrete or with Lego. You see, concrete set for life, isn't it? You know, we build our houses with it. It's meant to weather storms. It gives me shade. But it's not easy to change, is it? It's not easy to change. And sometimes the only way to move concrete is to blow the whole lot up. I need to make sure that my internal life is not being built with that, but it's being built with something far more flexible and adaptable like this. Like Lego. With Lego, there's always space to rearrange, isn't there? To move, to add to, to change, to build on where it's needed. And that's why you were given a piece of Lego when you came in this morning. In your locations, you should have one. If you're watching online, if you've got something that represents Lego, you have some, go and grab a piece and join us this morning because the Bible says we're to build on the rock, not with it. You see, my beliefs can change, but the truth is always true. You know, I don't know about you, but I used to believe in the Easter Bunny. I used to believe in the Tooth Fairy. I used to believe in SC, in case there's any children watching. 
But if I still believe that now, there's something wrong. If that is still the truth I'm standing in today, there's something wrong. And there are things in life that we have to accept that we will never know all the truth about. But it's so much easier to chase after truths I've got control over, isn't it? So here's my big question for us today. Where are we running from the truth? Where are we running from the truth? What's the truth that's standing right in front of you? That's confronting you because that's the truth that matters today. What does that piece of Lego represent? The only truth that really matters is the truth that changes you. And we can just not know that truth today, but we can embrace it. And more than that, we can start to build with it. What is the genius of Jesus for us today? What is he offering to unlock within us? I think it's this. I am convinced, I'm absolutely 110% convinced that Jesus stands in front of all of us today, not as a guide trying to lead us to the truth, not as a mentor trying to teach me about the truth, but as the actual personification of all that is truth and all that is true. And Jesus isn't calling us to follow him as he pursues the truth, but to follow him as he lives it out. And so right at this moment, whether you know, you're watching us online or in the room at one of our locations, what is the truth that God has been speaking into your life that you've been ignoring? I'm not asking you to tell me the facts or information that you might think is important to know about God. But what is the truth that he's speaking to you about the person you are and the change he wants to make in your life? the person he wants you to become. What is the truth that you need to embrace right now? You know, when you put your life into the hands of Jesus, when you trust Jesus with everything that you are, when you choose to become a follower of him, you acknowledge, you acknowledge, not that he just knows the truth, not just whether he speaks the truth, but that he is the truth. Jesus makes truth personal and he wants to unlock that truth and make it personal for you. How genius is that? So what difference does and should this truth mean for me today then and for you? I want you to hold that piece of Lego in your hand if you can. You see, truth is not just something we believe in. Truth is something we call to practice. Jesus and truth cannot be separated. And in a world, isn't it, where truth is so often shaded to obscure things that are false, we've even seen it in our news this week. There should be no group of people who should be more dedicated to speaking and living the truth than people who say they follow Christ. So if you would say today that you've been transformed by a loving God, shouldn't we be more loving? Shouldn't we be more forgiving? 
Shouldn't we be more hopeful? Shouldn't we be more trustworthy? You see, I will never know the truth in the whole of the universe, but I can control the truth that I live. And if you're a Jesus follower, as I am today, and you've got that piece of Lego in your hand, then what God holds us to is to be true. To make sure that everything we do and everything we say is motivated by the true. To try to live a life that is worthy of trust. And I think that is the power of the true. It's not that I'm always right. It's that I'm always trying to be trustworthy because of the truth that lives within me. And this is what Jesus came to do. His compass is within us. If you know him today, his compass is within us to do that which is good. And when we do that, we are living and unlocking that genius within us that is the personification of the truth that is Jesus himself. And that truth is transferable. That truth is transferable. And we have a responsibility to share Jesus so his truth can be unlocked in somebody else. So if you know Jesus today, if you call yourself a Jesus follower, can you let your piece of Lego represent your willingness to share what you have let other people to start to build with the truth that you know? To share what you have. And secondly, you may not be a follower of Jesus today. And you might be thinking, I don't know if I can even trust God. I want to tell you something true today. And it's this. It isn't because God isn't trustworthy. It's because people have not been trustworthy in your life. Human beings will always let us down. There is and never will be a human who ever truly reflects the truthfulness of God. But Jesus, but Jesus can be trusted with your life. Because he doesn't just bring the truth. He is the truth. Because he is the one who is completely true. This could be the best decision you ever make today because he will always love you. That's a given. That's forever true. He will never turn his back on you. That is always true. He can never turn against his own character and his own nature. Everything that is a personification of truth has been, is today and will forever be true. So will you give your piece of Lego to Jesus today and start to let that truth be unlocked inside of you and be built on the inside of you? And if you're ready to do that today, I want you to pray with me. And this isn't all you and God will have to talk about, but it's definitely where you can start today. I want you to pray with me. Jesus, I give you my life. You can be trusted with my life. I want you to take the truth. I want you to take the truth of who you are and place it inside of me and start to build with it. I know that I now belong to you. 
and you will never leave me. You are completely true. And if you've prayed that for the first time today, I want you to be brave enough to tell somebody. For those of you that are watching online, to contact us through our next steps procedure that will come up for you. But tell somebody. And for those of us that do know Jesus today for our Lego, our building might have gone a bit swift maybe over the last couple of years. Maybe we need to let God come and take a bit down and add a bit to it and straighten it a bit or put a window in where we've put a wall. I want to pray for us before we sing a song together, if that's okay. And just hold that piece of Lego and I'm going to pray. Father, this is just a piece of Lego. It's nothing in itself. But Father, it represents what I want you to build within me. Father, if I've built something that isn't of you, if I've added stuff to it, if I've gone a bit to the left or a bit to the right, Father, I give you permission today to take a few bricks down and to start building again something that is based on truth. I want to be flexible. I want to be adaptable. I want to be open to challenge and open to change by you, by the truth, by the personification of everything that is true. Jesus, would you build into my life again today? I live today out of what I know to be true today, but God, I ask you that you would continue adding to the truth of you that I know. Add to the truth of my experience with you. Add to the truth of my relationship with you. So Father, I can start helping other people unlock the building in them of sharing that piece of Lego that you maybe have given me as a foundation for them to start to build. Father, would you help us do that today by the power of your Spirit? We want to build on the rock, on that firm foundation. And that's where I will build my life. Amen. Truth is transforming us all of the time, you know. God wants to transform the truthness to allow us to be free, to be more creative, to be more alive, to be more loving, to be open if we let him keep adding to our building. He will make us a person of truth just as he is. And we're going to stand and we're going to sing Build My Life. Because I've found, you know what, I've tried to build my life on a lot of things, but no structure ever stands the storms of my life than the structures I build when I build on Him. So let's stand together and let's commit again to build our lives on the rock that won't fail us, that won't walk away from us, that won't abandon us, because He cannot be anything other than true. And His name, Jesus.